And the, the crowd goes wild. The babies, they're the, screaming. The babies are screaming. Exum, exum. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's what they're exum. saying. Exum, exum. Welcome to the Lucky Number 7 podcast of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X, with your co-host today, Mr. Robert Brooks. Say what's going, what's up, Rob? What's up, Rob? Yeah, of course. See, it's always something smart. He's always got to start that way. But uh, this is a cultural podcast here to talk about many different things, and it's our holiday edition. I don't have jingle bells, or if I do have jingle bells, I would probably uh, move them. But So it's just applause right now for the holiday edition. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Born in Trouble podcast and making us such a uh, small success in such a short period of time. I appreciate all of the support, and for those of you who know me who have not supported us, Imagine which finger I'm standing up, holding up right now. It's not my thumb. Anyway. Really? <laughs> That's the route you're going to go this early, huh? Yeah, well, it's the holiday edition, and it kind of goes with the theme of today's episode, which is something new. It's just me and Rob today, no other guest. Um and we're just basically going to sit here and talk a little bit about things that are going on and... um what's wrong with you people that was really the question that's the real what's wrong with you people that was his question what's wrong with you people yes i i you know working in a mixed society you know that i do always bristle when they go with the you people stuff i'm like what would what, define you people what do you mean you people exactly what do you mean you people who are you people what do you mean you people well when i say you people it means whoever this applies to you people. Okay. So if you feel that you are you people, if you listen to this podcast and you start to get a little bit tight underneath the collar, then you are you people. That's okay. the way this so is if going. If you start to feel tight into the collar, then he's definitely adding you. Yes. Yes. As the kids say. Yes. Is that I that must be some social media reference I can't follow right now. But uh um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one to you, Rob. And everything we were planning on having a little bit of a different show for for the um, holiday edition, but um, our guest um, got cold feet. I guess that the last minute would be the best way to describe it. Cold, cold feet could be, could, could be. be, it's possible. Could be, could be a lot of different things, and it's uh, whew, that's okay because it gives us the chance to sort of clear the deck for the year twenty twenty. It's probably the last podcast of twenty twenty. Um, possible the last recorded podcast of 2020. Um, I'm trying to post every Wednesday, so I guess next Wednesday would be okay, the so last show next week. It might be a show next week, but the last podcast we actually talked for over two hours. So I have a lot of material there. <laughs> I had to cut it off at one, you know, when I did the recording, and that's why it's kind of choppy at the end there. It just like kind of ends because it just kind of ends because like, like the conversation was really good, and just like most of our most of our podcasts, they usually start to pick up after a little while. I guess that's the, not the host fault. It's probably the quality of the guests that they bringing on. Well, you know, we'll see if we can if we can move that along a little bit today. Well, that's kind of uh that's kind of the way that the world works now. Even if it is your fault, blame someone else and everyone just nods and agrees. Well, so. You hope that everyone just nods and agrees. Unless, of course, you're that woman who's, uh, whose son was reading August Wilson. And then, you know, fortunately, somebody stood up to her. Uh, yeah. 
It's another one. My people. You people. That's what we're really starting with. You people. And this time, like, uh, this is, you people is um, a mom who's uh, somewhere in the South, I believe. It's uh, North Carolina and everything. That's where your people are from. That is where my people are from. But she's not you people. My people are not you people. I can tell you that. You know, Some of your people are you people. Well, you know, some of those you people are the ones that I really don't talk to anyway. They never call me or write or send flowers. So it's just is what it is. But this particular woman um, sends her son to a private school in North Carolina that's predominantly black, predominantly white, and has a problem with the curriculum, which includes August Wilson's famous play, Fences. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Fences. Rob, are you familiar with Fences? Very familiar with the play Fences. I was actually humbled by it just a couple of weeks ago. Side note. I took a little acting class, mm. and for my monologue, I actually did one of Troy Maxson's um, famous monologues from that show, which is just a beast. August Wilson is such a, a, a master with words. He packs so much into every sentence. There's layers and layers of feeling and meaning in every sentence. And, you know, it's one of those things you walk out of the class and go, wow, I really don't have what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> when you realize that uh you well, won't be getting i might have, I might have gone the right path yeah <laughs> but um i mean to, to, to sum up the play in a nutshell it's about a, a trash man in pittsburgh in the okay. 50s he was a uh, a ball player um at some level but of course wasn't able to participate in major league baseball and he feels that the world is always um that the world will always oh the world so. as it was will always keep hold you back uh he's mad a stepson um, who he's in the process of holding back slash protecting. Um, you know, the, the name of the play fences is not only about um, the stuff that we keep out, but the stuff that we keep in. That's a great description. It's a great so. description of the play. And um, I don't, I don't think that there is a more culturally sound play about what the black experience was in, at that period in time that's ever been written. And um, I have a problem with the woman, like, you know, having a problem with it. Uh, you know what? I, I, first of all, I have no idea why she would have a problem with it. Like, that's just beyond my my media well, comprehension. Well, well, her, her, her point was that her son, she was... And I guess her she was saying that her son was um, uncomfortable with the usage of the N word, and that other students were liberal, literally using the word because it was literally a part of the pages. It was a wow. part of the play. If her if she thought her son was uncomfortable with the use of the word, how do you think Troy Maxson felt about the use of that word most mm. of the time? Mm. The fictional he is he was a fictional character. He's a but, fictional character, but there were there were many Troy Maxons in the world who had to deal with that word as a as the 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 sharp end of the stick. Yes, yes. Uh, not just the colloquial way that some of us use it now, but as the sharp end of the stick used by white people who are trying to keep you in your place. Yes, and that's really the point, and that's really the point of ex of taking this and exposing it to a mostly white student body. 
to expose them to what it was like for black people at that point in time in a literary way. And um, it's kind of genius and it allows everyone to have conversation. We're talking literature here. We're supposed to talk about literature. We're supposed to discuss it. It's supposed to provoke. It's supposed to evoke. It's supposed to um, make you emote. You're supposed to feel a certain way. If it's not, if you're not feeling a certain way, then you're reading a bad writer, you know? So I, I really have a problem with, I really have a problem with it. I did. But um, the school also, they, they seem to handle it. I felt that the school handled it perfectly. They offered him a um, alternative class so he could opt out of it. He didn't have to experience those things with his classmates that made him quote unquote uncomfortable, which is a real thing. He probably was uncomfortable. I shouldn't say quote unquote. You know what? But we that it, it could well be a, a a thing because you know I've been you know the sole black in the room many times, and sometimes when when those conversations come down, like really, why do I have to bear the weight of all this conversation? Why do right. I, now I will be the focal point, and I will have to keep continually be the reference point? But we don't know if he was actually uncomfortable. This could just be his mother being uncomfortable because. You know, this is the age of the helicopter parent. Well, the thing is, they said that they were at one point when he was in um, elementary school, they had they part of that school's curriculum was a trip to a plantation. And she complained to the school at that point about them going to a plantation and the school stopped that trip. So that elementary school no longer takes the trip to the plantation to see how slaves lived and um, I think that she was probably feeling still high off of that win and thought that this was the same thing. And it's not. What happens in elementary school is different. This is you're talking about sh- um, formulating and um, shaping young minds. And I just think it was a bad call on her part. It wasn't. All right. If you feel like your kid should, you don't want your kid exposed to that. That's a personal thing. I can't tell you how to teach your kids or what to or what to have them believe. That's one thing. What she did afterwards, though, um, going into a Facebook group and like engaging people in arguments because she wanted the she wanted it stopped. You know, to me, it appeared as if she just wanted it stopped. It wasn't even a matter of just her son. She didn't want anyone to be exposed to the works of August Wilson. So I I took it as why are you why are you trying to crush this playwright? Why are you trying to crush this these great works of literature you know if anything we should be picking up more of these great works of literature and learning more because there's so many of us that don't have that that don't have that family any longer to give us those generational lessons of what was happening in the 60s what happened in the 50s what happened in the 40s the 30s the 20s you know i'll never forget the old saying what was it the person when they talk about the um recession Back in um, the early 1900s, I remember asking my grandmother about it once, and it was a it was a common. I heard this said by other people before, but she was like, "Recession? We didn't even notice. You know, depression. <laughs> you know, what? We didn't know nothing about no depression. You know, shit was always the same." Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So if you don't learn how your people survived and how they came up and everything, or you're ashamed of it, you know, I don't understand that. You know, I don't see Jewish people not, you know, cringing at the diary of Anne Frank, you know, and although some Italians actually do have problems with a lot of the works of Mario Puzo, um, others, 
It's a little bit different, but okay, yeah. It's a little bit different, but others still, you know, recognize that this is a this is a this is a fringe part of our culture, if you don't understand. But August Wilson, his works, it's not what he he wasn't writing about fringe things. He was writing about the way that things were. Yeah, I mean August Wilson, like Denzel Washington's life work at this point is bringing all 10 of those plays, this cycle to the screen. Okay. Like that is his, that is what he is dedicating the rest of it. As he said in, a, in an interview recently, like what else have I got at this point? <laughs> like, I've done everything else. Like, right. you know, he's, he's starting to get up there in numbers, but he's, he's got two of the eight done now. He did fences. Okay. And now he's done Ma Rainey's black bottom, which just released on Netflix. Um, but he wants to get all 10 of them onto the screen. He wants as many people as possible to be able to experience these words. Because that's how that's how that's how beautiful it is and how powerful it is to be educated and exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about all these different things, how we're ever going to make steps forward and how we're ever going to buy or control our own. And first thing, it's like you have to know yourself. You have to know your own soul. If you don't know where you come from, you have no basis for anything else. That's that's my personal feeling. You know, so I've always been, I've, I grew up, you know, black power on Gawa, you know, yes, you um, did. black is beautiful. You know, that was like, you know, that was told to me in my house. I was always told that I wasn't less than anyone else and I never envied anyone, but I see like a, a lot of it is people envy and want to be things that they don't. And while we're trying to walk around, trying to envy other people, they're actually culturally appropriating what we do on a daily basis. So I, I think that like, you know, people like this woman should probably take a, take stock and take a look and maybe stop. Well, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this beforehand. I mean, um, for those of you who don't know the rest of the story, uh, she put up such a fuss. She, she stomped and hollered and, and went public to such a degree that the school finally said, fine, your son's out. Like we don't need, we don't need this anymore. Your son's out. And he got expelled from the school. And, you know, now she's double mad, but she earned it. And I think this is where, um, you know, a lot of the conversations today centers around microaggressions, Mm -hmm. you know, the microaggressions that we experience on a daily basis. And I'm not microaggressions exist, Mm -hmm. um, but they exist at all different levels and all different levels of consciousness. And, like sometimes you just got to let some stuff go. Like sometimes you just got to you just, like this is this is a good thing. Like this these these kids being exposed to this work and being able to sit there and, and break down this text and understand it. This is all a good thing. Like I don't understand how she got this so twisted. But finally somebody made her pay for it by kicking her son out of school. Yeah, I I think that like what people don't understand about microaggressions is they don't understand the power dynamic that comes behind that. You know, these people aren't saying these things to you because they want you to go about your day and continue and do the things that you were doing prior to coming into contact with them. They they're saying and doing these things to throw you off of your path. You know, so I always I always say and I always tell my kids this and everything like don't let other people control your emotions and what's going on in your life, because there's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be someone that has something to say. And usually those things are born out of jealousy or hatred or something that it's never anything. It's very rarely something that's good for you. 
And um, she took this whole thing and she turned it upside down on her kid. So now is now he doesn't get to graduate from the school that he wanted to go to. Um, she's made pretty much an ass out of herself in many ways. And she should really like try to show some, sh- sh- some type of contrition. The part that was the, it's like, and it's not contrition to the school necessarily. What she did was she actually sent a letter to one of the black f- female faculty men members. And she kind of like dressed her down, you know, as if she was doing something wrong by exposing these white kids and these black people at the same time, like these sh- these things should only be talked about behind closed doors. See, shame never helps anything or anyone. Like all sunlight clears, it cleans, it disinfects. Like the more stuff you try to keep in the closet, it doesn't. That's how things fester and grow. Oh, you're definitely right. But we live in a shame culture. We live in uh-uh. we live in a whole. Everything that we're doing right now is based upon shame. Look at me, and it's not. Doesn't seem like it's going away because people don't want it to. No, because I mean they're they're enjoying you know they're enjoying the rush that they get when it goes well for them. They're enjoying the rush. Uh-huh. Um, you know when you get that when they when they get that five hundredth like on the photo, whatever uh-huh. you know they enjoy that. Like that gives them that gives them a boost, gives them a thrill. Ultimately, you know. It's taking you the other direction. You just can't see it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's so. I, I, what the thing I don't get about it all is that, like, you know, you look at numbers like Twitter. Like, I see these things about the election, for example, and they say, like, you know, one of the big things with the with the people who say that the election was taken is that okay, Donald Trump has like X amount of followers on. Say, we'll just make up a number. He has ten thousand followers on Twitter and everything, and he lost the election. And everything by like um, a thousand votes or something. Does that make sense to you? Well, yeah, if you pay attention to everything else that's going on around you and you recognize that Twitter is full of bots and accounts that are bot accounts and people pay for these things. And if you want to have a business and you want to get followers, you can actually pay a company to give you fake followers and all these people making all these comments. This is like what the world is. So you have to recognize the difference between what actual people are. And what Twitters and what tweeters are. Yeah. And also, you know, how many of those? He's got 88.5 million followers. Okay. Uh, just quickly took a look. Okay. Um, how many of those people are there just for entertainment? Yeah. Like, I, I follow not, not all of them. Are, yeah, I, I don't follow them. I, I do. I've got a weak constitution. I do. No, because when he says something, I don't want to. I, I, don't, I don't even check him every day. But when he says something crazy, I want to be able to find it like right away. Okay. You know, so it's like it's a time saving thing for me, but I follow him. But it's like I don't follow him like lockstep. Like, yeah, you know, hail. You're, you're not looking. You're not looking to him for directions. No, you're just looking to read something funny once in a while. That's ultimately sad for our country. It, it's <laughs> it's all funny. You know me. I'm dark. I have a dark sense of humor. You know, so it's like stuff with stuff that people don't see that I just see like the dumbassness in it. I just like I eat it up like candy. I'm like, wow, these guys are really gonna be messed up. I put it on my calendar. Like I'm gonna check back in two weeks and see what they're saying about this once this <laughs> actually happens. Like that's what that's what I do personally. It's not right, you know. It's a character flaw, I guess. Uh, but you know, but but that's a but that's the thing. I can I can admit that I have these character flaws. I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that comes from being a well adjusted grown human 
adult, you know, and that's where more of us need to be. All the social media stuff is about all this fake stuff, you know. You create these fake personas, you create these fake, like, you know, ideas of what you're supposed to be, and you're consistently trying to keep up and try to keep that up and everything. And me, I'm just the same motherfucker. I just, I can't comprehend, you know. It's always going to be something that, it's always going to be something that I, that escapes me, you know, worrying about what people, what people live. You know, I used to always say the best thing about America, and this was definitely true before the turn of the century and probably up until like maybe 2004 is that any day, if you have the will and you have the aptitude, you could wake up and you can change your life and become anything that you wanted to be. And I utilized that. I did that, you know, and um, I'm not so sure it's so true anymore just because of other factors. Well, I I think that you can project a completely different self now so much easier than before. Like you can become something that you have almost no relation to because you can put out between, you know, different mediums, memes and, and pictures and. You can create this self that has absolutely nothing to do with yourself. And, you know, there's a there's a chunk of the world who's going to think that's what you are just because that's what they see online. Yeah. So, I mean, in that way, it's easier. But, I mean, there are other, you know, in terms of like, you know, switching careers and stuff like that. Like, it, it's harder to turn your life around now. Like, wages stink right. and job opportunities are not great right now. Right. It's harder in that regard, I believe, to turn your life around. But, like, with social media, you can... Like I always tell people like kids go to college, like they just try out identities. Like, you know, you can be when you go when you walk into the on the campus at college, no matter what you were in high school, if you decide now that you're an opera loving, you know, dandy yeah, who right. does whatever, that's what you are now because nobody knows any better. Mm-hmm. And social media allows you that same opportunity to just you come up with it. You come up with a handle and, you know, you put down five things that you're about and that's what you're about. It's like, I guess it's I guess it's more disingenuous than ever. But um, you're definitely you right. Put in the actual effort. Yeah, you don't have to put in the effort, but you do have to. But you do have to pay someone probably to do that. You know, because like Rob, we've been friends for you. We've been friends for like you know almost forty years now. You know, and um, you've seen me go through my different trials and tribulations and my different things and my different um, work iterations. I just was. I just happen to be blessed with a with um, aptitude. That's it, mm-hmm. and desire. I grew up in in a house where my father worked for a living. He made sure I knew that he worked for a living and he made sure that at least once or twice I got out there and I worked for a living also. So I knew what my options were, you know, either this way or that way, but either way you got to make that bread. And that was it, you know? So when I go into, like, I look at my last, I, I was thinking a lot about, I listened to our to our podcast after we record them, and um, yeah, I was going over the part about I was going over the part when we were talking about um, the letters LGBTQ and all that other stuff. And the truth of the matter is, it's like I guess I wasn't that insulting because I do actually know the letters and the order that they're supposed to go in, but I can joke about it and not be afraid of it because. There was a time in my life when I went to work on a truck and I worked for like pretty much. It's like very funny when I think about it. It was the only gay driver that openly gay 
mover that I had ever met at that point in time. And a lot of people didn't want to work for him. They were, it was like, you know, you know, we have that, we have, especially like, you know, a lot of the Caribbean, there was like one or two Caribbean dudes and like, you know, they don't feel that whatsoever. You know, they don't feel it whatsoever. But to me, the guy paid good. He was okay and everything. And I think about the irony of that situation because he said some of the most racist stuff I've ever fucking heard. Like, seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Did he make, like, you know, sexual comments? Not on a daily basis, but, yeah, I guess, like, you know, by today's standards, could could I file a complaint with an attorney? Yeah, I probably could, but why would I do that? You know, it's a, it's just like, you know, you're just being a dick. The whole thing is like, you know, I, I learned to accept people with their flaws. Just because you're flawed or you have a certain floor doesn't mean that you should be automatically canceled. There were things that were really fucked up with that guy that had nothing to do with the sexual orientation. Never woke up every day thinking about a sexual orientation. You know, some people do. Yeah. And that to me is the, is the actual problem. You know, what I say could get you canceled. Could get you canceled. But they don't understand the context. And the context is we are who we are. And we talk like we want to talk and we do the things. But he said some really fucked up stuff. (laughs) Like really, really, really fucked up stuff. You know, conservative. And, you know, to to an even bigger and broader point. You know, we talk about things that are affect that affect us because we are black. So we, of course, we're going to talk about things in first person because that's how the world sees us and how we have to go through. That's how we walk through the filter. But everyone is different. And, it, you know, people, people have the same feelings and they believe the same things. I guess I lost, I guess I'm I'm losing my point or I'm not trying to make my, I'm not making my point clear enough, but what I'm thinking is that it really doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're straight, gay, black, white, Hispanic, Indian, you know, there are assholes in every culture and race. You, you are, you are absolutely correct, but the game that's been set up here on this continent. Okay is that we have to identify those who are not us and we have to keep those who are not us in their place so that we can have what we are divinely, um, uh, what has been divinely uh, given to us. Um, And we also have to keep those who are not us. We need a distraction for those who are not us to keep from coming after us. I used to work for an attorney uh, as a talk show producer, uh, she was a divorce attorney, um, big time. She was on Oprah all the time. She was on CNN. They used to, she's one of the biggest um, family law practitioner, practitioners in the country. And she used to always say that welfare isn't for the poor. It's to keep the poor from coming after us. Mm. It is to give them just enough because in a free market, you do whatever is necessary and whatever is profitable. Well, at some point, if you don't give people enough for them to survive, it becomes profitable to go against the law and do whatever you have to do to survive. So you give them just enough so that the alternative, well, you know, I have enough 
if I steal, I go to jail. That sucks. So I'm good here. I'm good in this space. When we, we start focusing on this person is of this ethnicity or this person is of um, this sexuality, it is trying to perpetuate the caste and keep the people within the caste from looking up and seeing, wait a minute, you know, we just gave a huge tax boost to the 1%. The billionaires are getting rich in this minute. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we should be focused. But instead, you're focused on, oh, that gay guy over there. Like I was in the barbershop the other day, and okay. this is... Um, you know, my barber, I've been going to the same barber since like 1991 or 92. Okay. He's been through a bunch of different shops. Sometimes I go see him up in New York. Um, but now he's renting a chair in somebody else's shop. Um, so I go in there and the woman who washes the hair and stuff is going on and on about uh, homosexuals and light skin folks. Mm. Okay. And she's going in and I'm just listening to her and I'm like, she is helping to keep the cast alive. She doesn't realize it, but she has fully taken in the poison and now she's spitting it back out. Mm. Like she is, she is fully assimilated into it. She's become a full American. Yes. She, does, she probably doesn't think of it that way, but she's become a full American. Like she's hating people within her own cast. She sees herself as better than other people within her own cast. And she has also tried to find another group to look down on because everybody needs to have a group beneath them. She's perfect. She's perfect. Yeah. That 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 is that is pretty much that encapsulates most people, mm-hmm. and they do it so like you know people do it so willingly. You know, well, I mean, it's it the messaging is so ingrained to most of us mm-hmm. that you don't even. It's not like you know somebody handed you a rule book one day and said, "Look, by the end of the day, you need to memorize these hundred rules." They're just constantly reinforced in a thousand small ways from the time that you're you know time that you're able to remember that at some point it just is it's just a part of you it is and until you start to think of it till you start to pull yourself out and think consciously and look at these moments objectively like why do i think this way what is the what's the basis you know, what's, the, what, what's to be gained by me thinking of this person in that way isn't isn't like i would look at a, I, you know i looked at her and i thought wow you're looking down on that gay guy and it, in exactly the same way that that white person looked down on you and you hate it when they look down on you that way, mm-hmm. but you have no problem throwing the hate in the other direction. And uh, yep, exactly. You know, yeah, you know, they it, the light skin thing. You know, light skin, black. You know, dark skin. Hey, thing. light skin. Hey, light skin. You know, like hey. You know, I I remember like I was with some. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna identify these brothers, but you mm-hmm. know, in college. This group told me they were like, you know, well, you hang out with us. We were getting high and getting drunk like we always did in college. That's what you do in college when you have spare time. and um, Or even when you don't. Yeah, even when you don't sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not going to get into that anymore. But um, <laughs> they were saying like, yo, you're okay to hang out with us because you're light-skinned. And I never looked at myself as being light-skinned. Like, my sister is light-skinned and everything. I'm like brown. You yeah. Know? I'm, but they were like, you're okay because you're basically light skinned. And, um, I never even realized that they thought like that, you know, that that was even a thought on their mind that it crossed their mind at any point in time and everything. And I was, I said something that was, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know it was like fucked up and everything. Cause I was kind of appalled and everything, but I was also drunk. So I don't know if I left or not, 
But, um, you know, but it's one of those things that like, this is what's wrong with this person. And what we were saying like the other week about us needing a reform system as opposed to a cancellation system, because there was, though their point of view on that, I disagreed with their point of view on other things I agreed with. So I didn't hate them for saying that. I just thought that they were wrong. Yeah. And, you know, people are allowed to be wrong. Like, you don't have to be right about everything. If if you and another person agree on absolutely everything, then one of you isn't necessary. <laughs> Kill them. <laughs> they're, they're superfluous Kill at them. this moment. Like, don't worry about it. He'll he'll vote everything. He'll vote for them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, or food for the rest of us. Yeah. People, people just, I just wish people would like just lay off of each other a little bit more, at least especially our people. Because it's really like an all-hands-on-deck type of situation right now. And um, a lot of the things that have to be done and that need to be accomplished don't have anything to do with race whatsoever. They think it does, but it really doesn't. You've got cops that are out here or police, some police out here that feel like it's their mission to actually arrest and incarcerate black people. And that's like part of that's part of like being in the system, being a part of the system being a part of the prison system where you have to, where if they don't have warm bodies, you've got places that are going to be ghost towns. There's a town in New York right now um, that they were complaining. Sean King actually mentioned the town today. And um, the problem with the town is that they're worried about not having enough inmates. And they're talking about closing the, closing the jail because of, not having enough inmates, and they say if they close the jail, the town's going to die. Adapt. Adapt. You know, how fucked up is that, that in order for you to survive, you rely on people doing the wrong thing someplace else? It's just a, it's all these, it's all these kinetic chains that are put together for all the wrong reasons. You take some kid, you take him away from his mother, You have the police officer that starts off with the scoff laws and the three times like a police officer told me a long time ago, like, look, if I catch a kid doing the wrong thing, it might be jaywalking. I'm going to write him up. And the second time it might be a misdemeanor or whatever. He may not even do anything, but I'm going to write him up because the third time I write him up, I can take him to jail. And once you take him to jail and you get him in that system, the chances that you're going to get them out of their home and upstate so that way they can support another family that lives someplace else. It becomes very real. And the alternative is when you, when people sit down and they complain about, Oh, I don't want to take care of these people or these guys are criminals or whatever. Well, in a very large way, these criminals have taken care of you for most of your life, whether they wanted to or not. Because once you become incarcerated, you become that number. You now become a body to clothe, a body to feed. You become free labor. There are so many different things that you that you become that make that gives you value to the system that you didn't have before. Because as a free person, they're not giving you a job. They're not giving you an education. There's these are things that aren't available to you a lot of times world is fucked up um that that leads me to one of the the questions that i find myself asking at times um you know because the world is fucked up 
and you know um we as black people fighting for our seat at the table fighting for the respect that all human beings deserve um but do we really need to be fighting for a seat at this table like that's like the american system what we've built it devalues people it devalues the individual citizen like is this really what we need to be trying to bust our ass to become a part of to integrate into is it even going to be around does it even is it even going to last much longer well you know donald trump's trying his level best to blow it up right now but i'm not sure he's going to be successful yeah i don't think that i don't think that one's going to work but you know you've got a large you've got a large group of um people um non-black people who are um libertarians and believe in the right of living off of the land and i was just actually speaking with one before i even got here and i'm i like you know my point was like look you live in a you live in a culture it's like i don't understand how people don't don't figure that they're going you're going to benefit from one thing but you're not going to benefit from the other you want to be a part of the society when it comes to this but when it comes to that you just want to do whatever the fuck you want like i can't wake up tomorrow and go take a shit on my neighbor's lawn you know i could but but there are consequences there are consequences there are laws against that so it's like you know and that's being a libertarian is kind of like shit on my neighbor's lawn you know, if I feel but like then being expecting to walk, be expecting me to walk away, like, oh, whatever. It's, I took a shit. Right. I, well, had to, I had to shit. I took a shit. What do you well, mean? Well, you know, libertarian, you take a shit on somebody's lawn, the libertarian shoots you while you're taking the shit or he comes and they take everything into their own hands. It's like it's there's no rule of law and everything and that won't work for long. It never, it never does. People nah. need structure. People need structure. It's just a matter of what type of structure you want. And what what's actually fair? Same thing, like you know, um, somebody was talking about laws and articles, and if you follow this way, what is it? The uh, free Freemason, or you're a free man within the United States, or what? Is that? Did you ever hear that sect of um, black people? They're like Freemasons, or they say that they're that they're actually um, freedmen, and they don't owe any type of allegiance to the United States whatsoever. whatsoever. And oh, we we have a friend who does that out west, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 like, yeah, you yeah. Know. And every time I try to get, every time I try to get him to like, you know, like expound upon it, he like ghosts me, you know. So that's what that is. But um, the whole thing, but the whole thing about that, it's you know, well, you have constitutional right, you have constitutional law. But my whole point is that one of these motherfuckers ever paid attention to the Constitution? You know, when it's like. You may have a point, but my point is always going to be more valid because it's like we are we're living it. We live in this world. You know, they don't follow nobody. They don't follow their rules. Anyone who is not a part of the one percent, this is nothing to do with your race. Anyone who's not a part of the one percent, they can change the rules on you anytime they want. Yep. And you're not your words aren't stopping that. So. Are you going to work within the system? You're going to try to work outside of the system. Are you complaining about it? What's they going to complain about? There's always something to complain about. There's always something to complain about. (laughs) That's the truth. But um, it, it just, this is just the way of the world today. It's just the way of the world today. You know, people, everyone is depressed. Everyone's down. We're stuck in the, we're stuck in the house all this time and they have the stimulus bill, which is coming out soon. 
Yeah, that's really disheartening. Well, it? it's disheartening for me for two reasons. Okay. Um, because you don't part you don't get to participate too much. Uh, I don't get to participate at all. They don't. They didn't send me a goddamn thing the first time, and they're not going to send me a goddamn thing the second time. Okay. Which I'm okay with because that means that you know I'm on the other side. Right. I'm good with that. Okay. But except the fact that technically, why not send it to everybody? But anyway, <laughs> we got the money. Right. Uh, but second, like that horse bleep bill that they put together. Like mm. that's the best we could do after six months of arguing. Mm. That is flat out embarrassing. What's so flat embarrassing about it? Embarrassing. I think Israel gets six, like five hundred million. Six hundred dollars. Six hundred dollars for people making less than ninety nine thousand dollars a year. Well, like six hundred dollars, and an, an extra three hundred dollars in unemployment benefits until March. That's the part that you have to really mention. Most people, they get stuck on the 600. They're like, you know, it's only 600, but I was looking over it today and the extra 300, if you're collecting unemployment, that extra 300 actually means something. It does mean something, but let me find a, a polite way to phrase that. That, that. that is That right there is some bullshit, right? That is the most, you know, <laughs> let him eat cake bill ever. Yeah. Like, seriously, there's money flying out the doors for all types of things. For the money that they've used for, to, to, for foreign aid, they could have given every American a check. Like, look, just go home. We'll see you in two months after we get this thing under control. Go home, eat. Don't worry about your rent. We got you covered. They could have done that three times over. Well, Rob, President. Instead, they argued over this BS. Right. President Trump is the most fiscally responsible president that we've had. So, you know, what do you when you expect? say he's the most fiscally responsible president we've had? You mean like he's the most fiscally responsible president we've had today, right? He, well, there's nothing we, we can't compare him to anybody else. Well, I mean, truth of the matter is he didn't have much to do with this package. He's too busy. Uh, you he's know, too busy pouting. He, he's too busy pouting. Yo, like, my you man. Know, on the walkie-talkie with um, with people that are in camouflage underneath uh, the city of Washington D.C. and southeast and northeast. And imagine playing dodgeball in gym with this dude. Like Boy. you bash him in the ball with in the face with a ball, and he just sits in the corner. That didn't happen. <laughs> you, you cheated. You were over the line. You cheated. You didn't get me fair and square. I'm still in this game. Yeah, he's still in it. He's still in the game. He's definitely still in it. They're they're gonna keep. They're not going anywhere. This is the best scam that they ever had. This is the best scam oh, by that they far the ever best, had. The best. I mean, and you know, they did charities. Yeah, they did well with charities. Colleges. Like, they did colleges. Stakes. Airlines. You know, the guy fucking failed at a at a casino. How do you fail at a owning a casino? We went to that casino too. Yes, we, we did. We were underage, and they did let us in. So <laughs> it, was, it was my 16th birthday. Yes. <laughs> we're just underage. We're well underage. We're well underage. And they still failed. And they still failed. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But he's going to be around for a while because 200, he at last count was 200 million that he collected from these people. And he can take that and, be, and put it in his pocket. He can put it in his pocket. 
How about he's, the fact that, you know, he's talking about, you know, we the, Georgia, we got to help him in Georgia. We got to, he has not donated a dime no, to either of the candidates in Georgia. That is his money. <laughs> <laughs> that is he's his money. toilets in Mar-a-Lago. No, he's pissed. He's pissed. He said they didn't, they didn't support him. They didn't bring it home for him. They didn't bring, they didn't bring Georgia home. So why should he uh, work oh. for them? He's he's going after everybody right now. I love the fact that Bill Barr has now turned on him. Oh really? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh like, you mean, yeah. Because you know, I, I know Bill thinks that there might be some sort of redemption. There might be some redemption narrative for him. There is not. Mm-hmm. Um, you have completely shown your ass during this process, and now that you're, you know, now that you've seen the light, and you're trying to to bite Trump before he bites you. It's still not going to end well for you. Nah. But we appreciate the comedy. <laughs> Well, he's but for not. Bill Barr to come out and say, there's no need to hire a special prosecutor to look into the voting machines. There's no reason to, to get a special prosecutor for Hunter Biden. Like, wow, that's yeah. a clear shot across the bow. Like, that's everything your boy's been saying for six months. Yeah, that Hunter is big. They love Hunter. Yeah. They love going after Hunter. Yeah, uh, I, I have a buddy who is a, is a, is a pro-Trumper. Um, and... Mm. He he, you know, he jumps on every hunter bite. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. Criminality is not an issue. If criminality wasn't an issue for Trump, it's not an issue for Biden or any of his people. That's not that's not something you go thumbs up, thumbs down on anymore. Trump has ruled that out. Right. It can't possibly. It can't, it can't possibly. possibly be. If you're going to discuss Hunter Biden's criminality, then we have to discuss the Trump family criminality. And you don't want to do that. No, no. You don't want to. You don't want to discuss pedophilia. You don't want to. I mean, this Jocelyn Maxwell. She's been locked up for like months. Not a word. Not a peep. You haven't heard. Yeah. Of well, not, since he told her good luck or whatever, he good said. Luck. To her. Right. He was yeah. like, "Good luck. Please keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep your mouth shut, and I'll make sure you don't get fried and everything. I want to. I want to know how that's going to end up. You know." That's the stuff I want to see what happens with this new administration. Now I was talking to my um I was talking to my client yesterday about her house and um the subject. She's like very interesting. She actually worked for the Carter administration. So okay. she's gonna join us on a podcast because she's got some very good insights, you know, on into different things. Mm-hmm. But um she was talking about Joe, who she apparently knows, and she said that, like, you know, she loved Joe Biden. She just, like, thinks that he should just shut up sometimes. She's like, he's always been known for putting his foot in his mouth, and that's kind of continued. But um, she was expressing that she was disappointed in a lot of his choices for the cabinet. He just went old school, mm-hmm. and he's not trying anything new. And um, I think that's it's important to know. I think most people want something new. When I was looking at the when I was looking at the Democratic debates, I was th- I would think that most of those people up on the stage should have had cabinet positions. You could take um, Wang and put him in for commerce, or you know, just anywhere. You can you know, um, with the glasses. What's her name? Uh, the senator that I was backing for so long. I guess that's why she lost. The Warren. really smart one, yes. Yeah, Senator Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my God. She's like, you know, she, but she's obviously so boring, I can't even remember her fucking name. But she's so smart. But she's so smart, and she so has some good smart. ideas. Oh, my gosh. So smart. And what they're doing is they're just basically, they're, they're trying out the old things, and I'm I'm really not happy. Uh, I, I think that the, you know, the 
the Republicans have punked him a little bit in that he's scared that they're going to shoot down everybody that he wants. Like he lived through the Obama administration and watched them obstruct on a daily basis. Like they woke up first thing in the morning and said, what can we prevent? Went back to sleep, woke up again, said, what can we prevent? So and you, then somewhere around five o'clock said, is there any work we can get done today? Oh shit. It's dinner time. Let's go. So you think he's got political PTSD? I think he's got a little PTSD. I think he's worried about it, getting his people through. I don't think that would be as I, I much of he, a problem. I think he's cowed a little bit. I don't uh, think that would be as much. But, you know, Joe is old. He's not, you know, he doesn't have the fight. This, this, election, fight. Was, this election wasn't about, it wasn't, a, it wasn't about anything other than getting rid of Trump. And, like, you know, people just need to come to that realization and understanding so that way we can get better as a, get better, like, together as a country. It, it, the, the, pre, the country needed a president who acted and sounded like a president. Right. And that's because, I mean, you know, I saw on Facebook, you know, within a couple of days of the election, like, you know, Democrats almost screwed it up. Like, I'm 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 all for Kamala. But, mm-hmm. you know, putting a woman on the ticket behind that 76 year old dude almost blew that thing up in their face. Yes. Yes. I, I wasn't with it. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, Kamala, I'm I'm trying to turn a new leaf and not say anything negative. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything negative. I'll just say I, I I'll support whoever is in the whoever is the president. You know, and I I did that with Bush. I supported him. I didn't necessarily uh, like a lot of stuff that he did, but when you're president, you have to support the president. Trump, I never did. I'm not going to lie because it really didn't matter if I supported him or not. He was going to do what the fuck he wanted. He was going to do what the f he wanted to, and also. He really didn't care about who was backing him. No. He didn't care about us, regardless whether we backed him or not. He didn't care about us, right? So, he had already he had already established what his base was, and it was not not only was it not us, it was against us. Yes. So, kind of, I was I'm in the camp of you know sort of while I'm a big believer in the president is the president, and you all got to rally behind him. F that guy. Yeah, he he doesn't care if you live or die. And I think it's I think it's like disingenuous for anyone to expect you to expect, especially expect me, you know, as a black man to support or like go cheering behind what this guy says. That's never going to happen because he's against he's against my existence. And I don't need an interpreter to tell me that he's not. I've lived in the skin for 51 years. Yeah. So. I, you, you know what a dog whistle sounds like yeah, when you I hear do. one. You don't, you don't need someone to say, hey, was he? No, I know what that sounds like. I know what that's about. Yeah, I've got a lot of experience. I've been to parties with white guys and heard the whispers, and I'm, hey, time to go. You know what I'm saying? I know what. How about you know, that? Yeah. How about not, that? This is going to this is gonna be friendly too much longer. We, we better get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we, you, you, gain that, you gain that understanding and that radar, you know, that I guess the spidey sense that keeps you alive. And that was just basically a national, this election was a national spidey sense going off. People did not, people who have never voted before, the same way people got off their, got off their couches to vote for him because of him representing them. People got off their couches because they were like, Oh hell no. Like no more. Yeah. And everything. And it's, it's just, you just have to, they have to accept it. They have to learn to accept that, that people don't like him. That's it. They just don't like him. You're not. We're different. You know, people are different. This is the first time in a. This is the first time in my lifetime that I've ever really worried about everything that goes on. And I, when I say worried, I mean I just give it a second to it. I don't worry about shit. You know, but I am. 
I am like curious as to what's going to happen in the upcoming months with people. How are people going to adjust? I already see that the deficit hawks are back and like, you know, the conservative, all these people that disappeared for four years. After taking a four-year nap, they're back. They're worried about the deficit again. Right, exactly. Now they're, they're worried about the spending and spending is such a bad thing, you know, and it was always a bad thing. You motherfuckers, it was it was always that way. But now it's a now it's a thing again, so I get to hear that and that's like pleasant. But um do I know what's going to happen like in the next four years? Nah. I think anything can happen. I think COVID has a lot to do with a lot of these things. Um I believe that it's a plague on man and I believe that it's a plague on dumb men. I never argue with anyone about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. I don't argue about whether or not to take the vaccine or not taking the vaccine. I go to the store. I stay away from people. I have my um, things in the car that I wipe my hands with and I wear my mask. I double mask when I'm going into supermarkets and things of that. Things where there are high density of people or the um, possibility of a high density of people. And um, I go home and I live my life because I feel like if you want to take your life in jeopardy, who am I to fucking stop you? Yeah. You know, I'm not against Dr. Kevorkian either. You know? You know what? At a certain point, you've had enough. I had a certain point. I started uh, at my, that point. My grandfather lived to be 101. My paternal, my maternal grandfather lived to be 101. Okay. And basically from 95 on, mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a bitch session in that he's like, look, there's nobody alive who's not honoring me. Like, there's no contemporaries for me to talk to. All my family is dead. All my brothers are dead. Like, there's nobody I can just sit down and have a conversation with. Everybody looks up at me. Right. Yeah, right. And he was kind of done with it. Yeah, he was so ready. He's like, you know, and then by the time he got to be 99, he's like, I'm starting to run out of money. Which- <laughs> You know, bravo. Like, right. dude had been retired almost my entire life. Like, he was retired 37 years. Mm. And, you know, they had the whole time. Like, he down to the day he died. Like, they, you know, they weren't right. eating cat food or nothing. Like, they, they lived their lives. Right. So, bravo. He did a he did an A1 job with that. But, like, the end of it, he was just like, this isn't, this isn't fun. Like, yeah. you know, this isn't, this isn't fun for me. There's nobody for me to just sit and vibe with. Yeah. That must be tough. So, so people should, you know, like life is valuable, whatever. But at a certain, at the same time, like, you know, you get to be a certain age and you don't see the value in it or the life isn't what you want it to be. Like, don't let people just prop you up just so, so they can feel better to come and say, hey, pop. You know, in his mind, he's like, these motherfuckers again. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Now I can't curse for the next hour and a half. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it was a different world. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if people, if you, if you want to go when it's time to go, just go, you know, just don't drag. I, I look at this, I look at this country and like, you know, we went from, it's just so fucking funny. It's like, it's really funny. It's, there's no other way to describe it. You know, don't wear a mask. People go to these like mass spreader events and everything and people die. Nobody calls it COVID when they die. They just like all of a sudden they just like suddenly passed away. They've had heart disease or whatever it was. And it's like, oh, it just finally caught up to them and everything. And all right, 
you know. All right. right. That's your story and you're sticking to it. Right. If you want to continue to do that, feel free. Knock yourself out. I just don't want you around me. And um, I've got other things that I'm that I'm more concerned about in the future. I don't know what this world's going to become, what it's going to be like, if we're ever going to get back to a point of full employment again. And um, man has been a pox on the earth. Like Grant said, and like Grant said, it's like this could be the disease that the earth has come up with to get rid of man to a could certain be. extent. Could be. I, I you know, and and I know this is stepping on people's toes, but I, I had this thought the other day. Mm. Um, there are those people who believe in the in the concept of the infallible God. Mm. Um, you know, we're all created in God's image. God don't make no mistakes, but yet He's let us fuck up this planet. <laughs> Explain yeah. that to me, please. <laughs> he's, 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 he's absolutely let us ruin this planet. We've absolutely we've created things that are poisoning ourselves. You know. I, you, I can get off on a whole other rabbit hole about the things that we've allowed to get into the food system, the things we've allowed to get into the water system, the drugs that we take. Like we've created all of these things that are a such a drain on our lives. And, you know, apparently he was okay with that. And they're completely unnecessary. Most of these things completely that we necessary. Most of these things that we have that we have that we have created have been made for the express reason of grabbing and making money. And money is the only construct that really has, besides the fact that you trade it for goods and services, it really has no purpose. You know, it, it, there's nothing, there's really nothing to it. I had a conversation with a guy the other day who was um, going over the, who I listened to the podcast. And um, he asked me like, Strip, he was like, you know, well, you're doing the podcast for money, right? It's like, you want to make money. That's the whole point. You're trying to do this to make money. And I thought about it. And I kind of smiled. He couldn't see me. I was on the phone. And the answer is like, not really. You know, but I know if I told him not really, he wouldn't fucking comprehend it. He, he probably couldn't understand that. No, he couldn't understand it. He couldn't yeah. comprehend it. He doesn't understand that there's like something more. Like to share ideas. Share ideas and, to, and to, pl to plant seeds. Share ideas. Share information. Of course, I mean, at some point, I'm. We, if it's going to continue, there may come a point where you know money has to be made. But I haven't even actually. I haven't actually like went out and looked for sponsors. None of that stuff. I got my guy with the ClearSafe Labs over there. That's like doing all the um, the hemp stuff and everything, and he does great stuff. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to put anything on there. You know, yet I want to talk about what we talk about. I don't want to mix it up because that uh, part, part of that is that once you start getting, you become beholden to making money. It takes away what you can actually talk about, and that's when to some to some degree, yeah. Although, um, if he's doing stuff with hemp and CBD products, some of that stuff's really good. Oh yeah, well that, that was that was the gateway. I my ex worked for a CBD company mm -hmm. uh, in Denver. Um, and that was sort of the understanding the the what CBD does in the body was sort of the gateway for helping me to sort of cut down my um, my um, uh, daily need for alcohol and and get some other things that could help my body without all the de deleterious effects. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sold. You yeah. know, I I'm I believe in the hemp. I believe in a hundred more than a, I was going to say the the normal boring cliche a hundred and ten percent. 
I believe in this stuff and I've taken it, you know, my daughters have taken, my daughter take has taken a lot of it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. It does. As a vegan uh, or somebody who follows a plant-based diet and is leaning more and more towards the vegan lifestyle every day. Like I look forward to them improving the clothing that's made out of hemp. So I don't have to look like a hippie all the time. You know, That's a goal. So I, don't have to, so I don't have to look like I just rolled out off the set of Aquarius <laughs> or hair. That is definitely a goal. You don't want to look like a hippie all the time. Yeah, but no, it, it's a bad. It's, it's it looks at cross purposes for me. Yeah, you know, but it's everything isn't about everything isn't about money. And if everything is about money, you need to like readjust and like rethink things. Well, you know? you're clearly talking to the American government right now. Well, well, because they need to readjust and rethink things. Well, the American government is what it is. Trump is the American government right now for a few more days, for a few more days, a few more days. He's... Do you think he'll go to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas and just not come back? Nah. Or do you think they're going to have to drag him out of the White House? I think they're I think he's going to leave the White House on his own. Probably a couple of days before a couple of days early. Probably a couple of days before I think he'll be out of there. Probably like maybe two. Most of it is most of it is like um, trying to cover his tracks. I think that's that was the whole thing with not allowing the not coordinating with the new team coming in because they've done so much stuff. I mean, out of no place, you have a Russian hack right at the end that like compromises like all of the security and everything in the United every States department, of America, like, every yeah, department. Huge hit, yeah. But no, this guy isn't a Russian. He's not a Russian plant. There's nothing to do with Russia with this guy, but all of a sudden this is what happens at the very end. Cause he knows that people are, that there are a segment of people that just eat up every bit of crap that comes out of his mouth. And no matter what happens, if he, if he was walking out, if he was walking out of the white house with the ghost of Boris Yeltsin, Carrying like you know, carrying like White House files that are marked top secret and putting them into a helicopter with the big like you know red star, they would say, "Oh, he's just sharing Christmas photos." Exactly. There's no. There's not even any. This not doesn't even make sense to argue with these people. Just like just let it go. But in four years, though, I'm really worried about what's going to happen because I don't know if Joe Biden's like going to be able to do another four years. Do you primary this guy? Do uh, you, um, I'm assuming that in four years, it's going to be President Harris. Is she going to win? I don't know if she can win. I don't know if she can win on her own. If she is President Harris for at least 18 months before the election, I think she can win because people have gotten over the shock of it. I think if she has to run on her own, she cannot win. I don't think some people are ever going to get over the shock of that shit. Well, I, I, I don't see it. I really don't. I, see I hear it. you. But I, I think that's what's necessary to give her a shot. Like on her own, I don't think she can win. And then what, like do, we, it, then what do we get? We get Donald Trump Jr.? No, he's, he'll still be in jail. <laughs> they're not going to jail he's, bro he's, he's, he is they're not they going are. to jail they're not going to jail I would put money on the fact that they're not going to jail that is, like, that is the only the reason why I don't think Donald the, the only reason why I don't think Big Donald is going to jail is because I don't think he's going to live long enough yeah I can agree with that I think that this is probably his last hurrah I think yeah. probably 2021 is going to see his exit from all planes 
Yeah, he's, he's in he's in horrible shape. Like he's like a science fiction experiment that's starting to bubble up and melt down. Right. Um, but it, it, Donald Trump Jr.'s got no shot. I wouldn't um, say no shot. These these people like they revere. They're like. Re- I listen. I, they I, do, but once the AG in New York gets done with him and a couple other offices, the the varnish, the, the shine is going to be gone to some degree. They're they're always going to be those people who believe in him, but I don't know. I don't think Donald Trump Jr. has the the charisma of the father to get seventy million people to follow him. You don't think so? No. I don't think that Donald has that much charisma. He just says the things that they want to say. They're all talking points. You can teach yeah. what you can teach. You can teach a fifth grader to well, like handle a Donald Trump speech and say it the way it's supposed to be said. Like it's, and even he doesn't say it right most of the time. But like this is, he's like the he's like the second coming of Reagan. Like, yo, we need a guy. This guy can learn his lines. This guy can run his lines really well. Put him in there. I don't know. I I I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical because I don't think that things are going to go well for the next couple of years. Um, it would help a lot if we get Georgia if, and I say we, the Democrats get Georgia. Um, if Mitch McConnell's left to be instructionist in chief, it's probably not going to go well the next four years. No, we had it. We have to get rid of them. People don't understand that the country works best with balance. And, um, what we have right now with all of the laws, with all of the laws and the way that things have been twisted and moved over, we don't have balance anymore. We're like teetering you know, almost to completely one side. And that's not good. It's never good. Yeah, you, you, uh, you, we lost you for a minute there in the middle of that sentence. Oh, you lost me? Well, I, yeah. I, I still, it's still like um, was here. So I think it's still okay. good. But um, right. I, I think that we're teetering. I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough four years. The first two years are going to be spent in COVID. Um, 2021, 2022 is the best estimate for things like even getting out there people getting out there yeah um, the population isn't getting any smarter or more patient you know so that's not going to be a good thing um i just don't see i don't see optimism i don't see optimism and without optimism where this is an attack on the species it's like this is the first time in, in my lifetime that i could really say that there's not a policy or one thing that could actually fix everything or even come close to fixing everything. It's really, the problem is really within ourselves. It's within our mindsets. It's within all of the lessons and all the messages that we've been taking in. It's, um, it has a lot to do with, um, the culture that we've, that we've made and we exist in right now. You know, my, my guest was like worried about being misconstrued. She had a great story about how she came up as a black woman and working in the sciences. And she was more concerned to a large extent with what, how she was going to be perceived by just giving her honest opinion on different things. That's troublesome. That's not a world where that's not a world where we can like grow and build. And yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you understand that for us, um, you know, like I'm at the age now where I'm starting to get the, I'm starting to get a little bit of the, I don't give a shit, Okay. but I know where my, I know where my boundaries are. Like I, I, I've been around long enough that I know where my boundaries are. And I know what, I know the stuff that I need to stick away from, stay away from, mm-hmm. but 
those boundaries oftentimes move for us. Yeah. And so I can understand why somebody, you know, I've been in the media for years and I've I've seen these, I've seen dozens of kerfuffles play out and whatever, I'll take my chances. But for her, like, that's real. She's a scientist. She's not used to that. Like the things that some people say and get away with and whatever, and they're, they're no big deal. I've been, I've been hit many times with the, oh, you didn't have the right to say that. Or you're arrogant and like arrogant because I said this, like, it sounded like I was just stating a fact. Right. That's not really arrogance, but um, so, I mean, I can understand like, you know, there's a lot of pressure for us to do it right every single time. I definitely comprehend that. I definitely understand. And that's why I'm not, I didn't, I'm not roasting, you know, her. It's just that, it's just that we live in a, we live in a society where we can't provide any, um, we can't have any conversation. And because we can't have any conversation, we don't have any context. And when you don't have any context, it allows for these quick messages that are these quick marketing messages to make their impact and really crush everything. And that's what's happening. We're being controlled by marketing executives that are sitting at home making memes. And that to me is not a way for a society to grow. And there are so many people that are so interested in the um, perception that we are a certain way and we're not. We're better, we're bigger, we're stronger, we're smarter. We're not. You know, we're not. We and we import talent from other countries because we have to, because our educational system doesn't create the talent. We've got millions of people in this country. But for the first time in this country, We can't build from our resources, our best resources, people who can employ and support our systems and infrastructures on their own. Why is that? These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves and what we need to ask ourselves as a society. And as people, as black people, we need to ask ourselves, why the fuck are we attacking August Wilson? Because there's no place for that whatsoever. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do next? You're going to go through the Harlem Renaissance and you're going to go through every author and express your express your dislike for for what they were talking about, about in the 20s and the 30s. Are we going to completely and totally there? We've been through enough of other people trying to crush our culture. Now we're going to crush it ourselves. You know, that means that means the system is working exactly as they planned it, exactly as intended. And um, uh, you know, we we we've gotten heavy here. This is we're, we're right before Christmas, the holidays. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. um, you know, I I, I want to lighten you up a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, um, I and I don't know why I remember this. Um, but there was a, there was a period <laughs> in junior high school, and actually, we sort of referenced the person who who started this. We sort of referenced earlier. We're not going to say his name though. Okay. But I remember one of our friends um, getting laid on Christmas Eve, <laughs> and he thought it was the best thing ever. And then that became like goals. Like if you could get a woman away from her family for a little while on Christmas Eve and get laid on Christmas Eve, like you were doing something back then. I just, I just remember a dude coming back to the house, and this is when I lived on Noble Street. 
uh-huh. and he was so happy <laughs> like, and then he fell asleep on the weight bench because that's what he did all the time he just slept <laughs> not sure if you remember that no no we were, no. We, were we were probably sitting around playing uh dr j larry bird one-on-one oh yeah that was the, when he came back in with his celebratory <laughs> fist pump fist yeah. pump yeah, the stuff this someone stuff. like, this is the best Christmas ever. <laughs> Stuffing stockings. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And on that note, we're what are you going to be doing to for a, Christmas, John? What am I doing for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, and I'm I'm doing what I what I always do for Christmas, you know, ignoring people and, uh, you know, answering text. Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas. Y'all can just if you listen to this podcast and yeah, personally, like yo, if you're a friend of mine and you listen to this podcast, I'm gonna say this right now. Merry Christmas to you and your family. You do not have to text me. You don't have to text me. I love you. I appreciate you and everything. I'm just like the Grinch at all times. They call me the Grinch. I just pay. That's it. I just pay. I'm glad I have a girl now. She handles all that stuff. I just say, hey, do it. That's it. I'm done. So for Christmas, I'm eating. And I'll be happy. I don't have any grandkids this year to see, so that's like the sad thing. That's That's, the the sad thing, but think about the possibilities. Once this world opens up again, you're going to start traveling for Christmas or for New Year's at some point. You're gonna you're gonna have to go have a country Christmas down in Georgia, dude. That's not happening. Yes, it is. It's not happening. Yes, it is. You're gonna get. My mother is coming up here. She's traveling for Christmas, and she has reached the point. Um, you know, my mom is little. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but mom's ready to fight somebody. If she can't see her grandbaby soon, she's gonna fight somebody. Mm, yeah. like, there's no telling her she can't see her grandbaby, and you'll get there too. Yeah. You'll well, be like. I, I saw them last month. You okay. know, I saw them last month. They came up for a visit, you know, quickly. So, you know, I did get to see them. So it's not that it's not that bad. You're not there you yet, know. but you will be not there yet. You and know. so, you know, and Christmas is, you know, Christmas is special. You're going to want to want to see their faces when they open presents and things like that. Well, I mean, technically, I got all this hammer on my head and on my face. My granddaughter doesn't want to see me right now anyway. You know, really? she doesn't even want to FaceTime with me. She's like, you know, shave your face. She's what the is, worst what, critic. Like, what, who got her started that early? Like, really? I said, that's just her personality, man. She is like, you know, oh, she's a- yeah, she, that's her personality. She's like, she don't like her pop-pop with hair on his face. She wants him to shave. She wants him clean. She likes him clean. She likes pretty boys. So she's into the pretty boy thing, and that's not me, especially during COVID, you know. So she kept me clean, you know, just because of the fact that I didn't want to hear her talking junk or Try to smack me or something like that, mm. you know, because like you know they're disrespectful these days too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know it is what it is, man. I do miss her. I do miss my my Eva, my Eva, and my little big headed Roger. But I do get to talk to them on the phone, and that's about it. But you know, I'm I'm accustomed to this. I'm accustomed to this like COVID thing. You yeah, know? but once it's over, you know, you go down to Atlanta. We got we got people down in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people you can see while you're down there. Yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, maybe Georgia's, get a spades game going. 
Georgia, Georgia's never been like, you know, high on my list of like visits. I went to Georgia once in my life. We stood to, I went with Craig, actually, Craig Mack, and we flew in the Jermaine Dupree's, like, uh, he was doing a remix like late at night, and we flew in, you know, this is like back in the 90s, limo to the house, hung out and everything. They He dropped the remix, whatever, and uh, we went to the Waffle House. Jermaine Dupree took us to the Waffle House at like Roscoe's. Yeah, three. It was no, it was actually the, the yeah, just the Waffle oh, the, House. Oh, the Waffle House. The actual the Waffle, waffle House. House. Not chicken yeah. and waffles. The Waffle House. No, the actual Waffle okay, House. Okay, the Waffle you know? House. Okay, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a he had um he had a a uh, car with all these you know a Benz with all the speakers in it, like you mm-hmm. know, and you know we went down there and we hung out and it was really cool because he was just like a normal dude. You know, he was like a normal dude. There's other people I met in the business that are not like normal dudes, but he was like a normal dude. And, you know, we went in like, you know, the cook knew him and everything. We just sat down and we had people coming in and out. Ain't nobody coming up to us like, oh, there's JD. And there's like, you know, you know, we had a good old time. That was the only time. And then we jumped in the jumped in. the. We were supposed to go to a to a hotel. We got along so well. We stayed at his house, uh, took a limo back the next day and flew back home. One of, one of my favorite memes Georgia. on the planet, and it shouldn't be, but it's just funny to me, involves mm-hmm. Jermaine Dupree. Okay. And says, Don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything because this guy dated Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I met, I met Jermaine, and he was like a really cool dude. You know, yeah. so I understand why he got Janet Jackson, because like a lot of people don't realize in the music business, you have two different types of personalities. You got the asshole personalities that are just like, ah, everything's about me. And then you get the then you have these real people that are just really grinding it out and everything. And then you have a lot of in-betweens. And you got you to know. see some of the assholes right up close and personal. Oh, yeah, college. I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I, I probably did. shouldn't have said that, but. No, they are. No, <laughs> it's true. But I did get to see a lot of them up close, and it, like you know, it's you know, to me, I, I was never really impressed by most of the stuff, you know. So that's why I was able to move out, move in and out. Like you know, I met Buster. You know, um, Buster came to my house to watch movies once. Um, cool brother, you know. Yeah, still owes me a movie, but you know. Hasn't seen me in thirty years, so it's like it's all good. So I'm sure he hasn't. I'm sure he doesn't remember I'm that. I'm sure he doesn't remember yeah. that. You know, like you and I had vastly different experiences with Craig. Oh yeah, well, you and Craig, you you guys, like you just did not like each we, other. We did, we did not get along at all, which was weird for me when he was living with me because, like, you know, you're my best friend over here, and he's like, you know, and you guys did not get along whatsoever. Not at but, all. Not at know. all. It is what it is. You it know, is what it is. He it was is what he was. I, I'm sorry that, you know, that the, the things went the way they did for him, um, you know. But, yeah. like, if you were to do a poll senior year, mm-hmm. right, most likely to have a hit rap record, he wouldn't even have been in the top ten. He would not He would have received one write-in vote, and it would have been himself. Yeah, that's true. Because nobody even knew he could MC. But that's perseverance, though. That's perseverance. You know what? I give, I give him I give him points for that perseverance. He he made he made something out of nothing. That's perseverance, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't even on the. I mean, I always tell people that, you know, at you know, EPMD is a group that we went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Parish was, I guess, a year ahead of you and two years ahead of me. And mm-hmm. Eric was my year. No, um, well, yeah, yeah. He graduated my year. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh but um. You know, 
they got whenever whenever there was a battle in somebody's basement, they usually did not finish first. Nah. Neither one of them individually. Nah. No, nah. the the power of their production, you know, carried them across. Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what makes music so great. And what mm. makes it so you get in that booth and you get in that you get in that studio, you start creating stuff and you know, when it works, it works. You know, I got to see a lot of that. That's the only good thing I love about the music business is that I got to see a lot of that magic get created, like mm-hmm. upfront and everything and personal. And that's really the only thing I really liked about, well, that and the women, you know, but that's really the only thing I liked about the music business and what was going on at that time, because it was just like, it was a lot of cheesy stuff. It kind of really messed Craig up in a lot of different ways, um, you know, but he, he wasn't really coming from a strong foundation, unfortunately 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 and that's the part like in my at that age at the age where he and i engaged mm-hmm. um you know i wasn't really concerned about the backstory like if you had a jacked up backstory i didn't really care about that all i cared about was our interaction like now if i were to meet him i'd probably be a little bit more sympathetic because yeah backstory yeah. be like okay I'll, I'll tell you i'm willing to take that into account and you know so you're not you're not a 10 on the asshole scale maybe you're only a seven <laughs> It's just tolerable yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um but um do you remember there was a um a dance at the school and it was Kenyon's crew. Mm-hmm. Um and I well, I'm gonna forget what they were called back then. Yeah. But Kenyon and Boogie Jean and all them. Mm-hmm. And you know, Kenyon's been a DJ all around the world his whole life, his whole adult life. That's how he's earned his checks. Right. Um but Stetsasonic came that day. Yes, that's a. It was a battle with Stetsasonic. It's a battle with Stets, and Stetsasonic mm. actually dropped a. Look at y'all trying to rock the house with realistic speakers. Like yeah. they couldn't even. It wasn't. It wasn't even. It became just about the equipment. Like because that's every time Kenyon them tried to do something, they would just turn up the volume and drown them out. Yeah, it was it, horrible. It was funny. It was supposed to be a battle, and I was yeah. actually supposed to be. I was actually supposed to represent. Like you know, because they were all DJs, I was like one of the MCs that was supposed to represent. Yeah, and they showed up with like these gigantic fucking speakers oh. and put them in the cafeteria, and they just blew it. They just blew it, blew it out. It was like there was no battle. It didn't make any sense. Didn't even make any it sense. Like any anytime sense. anybody tried anything, they just turned up the volume but, a little bit more. But that is the culture of hip hop that people do not understand and they never saw. You know, I love, like, I talk about all this other stuff, and sometimes I forget all about the hip-hop. And I love the hip-hop. You and me both. You know, how Biz used to sleep on your couch, bro. Yes, he did. You know, so. I I, I ran into him at an event. Heck, now, this is three years ago. But he did a show. He does the Biz, um, who is struggling a little bit with some health difficulties right now. Prayers up for for SK Mark. But um, he does this touring thing now where he does 80s versus 90s. And so he has a band that plays 80s tunes. He comes out, he spins a set of 80s tunes. Mm-hmm. Then as a band that comes out, plays 90s tunes. And then he comes out and spins a 90s set. And then he does a bunch of his stuff. Okay. But um, so he come to Philadelphia. I go to see the show. And, you know, I go backstage to see him. I call him up. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Hit it off. He actually connects me with Diamond Shell again. Okay. Uh, you know, I can talk to him all. It's all good. Like he, you know, he family now. Like right. this, this is family. Yeah. But he, nobody worked harder than that dude. Nah. Like, remember him walking to like Patchogs just to hope to get on the mic. Please. He he used to walk to places. He used to. They wouldn't let him on the mic. They wouldn't let him get on. You know, um, you, your mom. Like we jumped in the car with your mom a couple of times to pick him up. 
you yeah. know, at that spot that they wouldn't let him, they wouldn't let him like perform and rap on. And now he's like Biz Marquee. He's Biz Marquee. He's yeah. Biz Marquee. You know, people don't like we had a we had we had a great experience, bro. We had a great experience. We had a great life as far as like, and especially like with the hip hop. Like, you know, I loved it. Like, you know, I those stories with the with the DJs and pulling stuff out at the park, that shit happened. That shit was real. You know what I'm saying? That was like that funk. That was that real, real shit that I really like enjoyed. And um that was the best part of it. You know, the business part of it sucked. The business always part of does. it sucked. It always does. You know, like I I have nothing bad to say about the cats that Craig was signed to. I got nothing bad to say about Anybody else, like, you know, it's just like, they're just, it's just like, it's set up to be crabs in a barrel. It's set up to be crabs in a barrel. That's the way it's set up. And there can only be one, you know? So when you're in that situation, you're trying to live. My daughter and I watched the uh, Mariah Carey Christmas special the other evening. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, you know, I remember Mariah, I remember Mariah at Harborfield High School. Okay. I, you, know, right, so. holla, okay. Holla. Holla. Um, you know, holla, holla. Um, you know, so you can get me to do 10 minutes of material on Mariah Carey, but I'll stick with this. Um, cause it's astounding. Mm-hmm. She's made something like $600 million from all I want for Christmas is you. Mm. They say that she makes 50 to $60 million every year wow. on that one song. Wow, I should have dumped that scrimmage and ran out in the hallway. Exactly. <laughs> but go on, go on. Uh, it's just astounding. Like as it's bad amazing. as that business is, there are some amazing things. There was some. There was a group on Facebook the other day, and some some girls that I used to college with, and they, you know, they they have a tendency to see uh, offense everywhere. But they're they're sort of offended that uh, Walmart's using Aretha Franklin's version of "You're All I Need to Get By." Mm-hmm. Um, in their commercials really? and the commercials on all the time. Like, okay. I mean, all the time. Um, and so they're like, I can't, you know, they didn't mess with Aretha like that when she was alive, they should leave her alone now, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, yo, Ashford and Simpson. Well, it's only Valerie Simpson that's alive at this point, but they wrote that song. They have the, they have the mechanical rights to it. They're getting a large check right now. Leave them alone. Right. Who cares? Who cares if they were not messing with Aretha at, like that at that point in time? Right now, there is a black person eating because of that. So let's run with it and rejoice. Let them eat. Like, yeah, just, let them eat. Don't be mad at somebody else. Let's just stop. Like these people yeah. didn't do it to you. They're not the mm-hmm. ones. They didn't do it to you. You know, it was somebody yeah. else that did it to you. You might be mad. You might. You might even be mad for a good reason. But you know, Aretha didn't do it to you. Aretha you know, didn't do it to you. August Ashford Wilson Simpson didn't do it to you. Ashford Wilson Simpson didn't do it to you. August Wilson didn't do it to and guess you. Guess what? You know? Walmart didn't do it to you either. Yeah, Walmart. You know that was just like that was just American stupidity and greed. Like mm-hmm. you know that, and that's really what it came down to. But we'll get into that in another another time. But Rob, you know what? Guess what? What? I think we're. I think we've done. I think we've done enough here for this like podcast. And, um, really? Yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna sing us out. Like, so nah, John participated in the talent show. Was it ninth grade at yeah, East Junior High? I'll be, I'll cut you off, man. He was. A, he was That's a singer. Enough. He was in the chorus. It's enough, bro. But let me tell you something. No. But let me tell you something. I will tell you what? something. One thing though, what? I will still tear some karaoke the fuck up. I will tear some karaoke the fuck up. Y'all want to have a born in? Homes. You want to have a born in trouble karaoke night? 
when all this COVID shit ends, let's do that shit. It, Bring your own mic. We've been to Bring your own mic, though, because I ain't spitting on the same mic you're spitting on. I don't care. <laughs> I got mine. I got mine, bro. You, you, you got, you, what's your karaoke song now? Are you still doing Under the Bridge? Oh, man, that was too easy. That was too easy. You know, that's the, that's the rock song that gets them all off. But that gets them all off of me because they look and they go, what? How the fuck? How the, how the, how the fuck? Nah, man. I got some depth. Yeah. I got some depth. I'm, I'll save it for the Born in Trouble karaoke night. That's what we'll do. Karaoke we'll make it like the, We'll make it like that. We'll make it like the radio show. Remember, we used to have the John X all female fan club at WXBA. Yes, indeedy. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have a karaoke night too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Rob, it's been a pleasure having the having you on this Christmas edition of our show. It's good you know. to rap with you, brother, as always. Yeah, we yeah, we we're gonna bring back the old format next, but I just decided like, you know, this brother has helped me out so many so much over the years. You know, you wouldn't be able to tell from the way that he basically pounds on me all the time verbally <laughs> on this show. But he's been a great friend. He has been a great friend for a number of years. And you know, I love you, bro. I, I love, love you, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go make some vegan mac and cheese. Now. Oh my god! You see, that's why we need to cut his mic off beforehand. Vegan, vegan mac and cheese, vegan. baby. I need some meat, some steak. What? You know what, what I'm making ever? tonight? You know what I'm making what? tonight? I got me a I got me a, one of those uh, uh, skirt steaks that I've been marinating in brown sugar. About to throw that sucker on the grill, buddy. Diabetes. I think I think I think I'm taking moms to Urban Vegan Kitchen on uh, on Christmas Eve, man. You want to stop by? You you like the tacos nah, I'm there? Nah, I'm in. You like the tacos there? Nah, I'm in. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not participating. <laughs> you know I I do vegan I do like you know do vegetable days and everything. But today, the reason why I do it is so that way I can have days like today where I have a whole big plate of diabetes. So that's what I'm doing tonight. Bite that cow in the ass (laughs) For no reason So thank you everyone for listening to our uh, Christmas Eve Broadcast It was very holiday like It was very festive as you can tell We talked about a lot of different festive things And hey More like an episode of Scrooge Listen if things don't work out for you bro Smoke them if you got them You know what I'm saying Turn them up you know, just remember any day that you wake up, every day that you wake up is a good one. And uh, believe you know, that. Don't take everything too seriously because life is too short. You know, dance to the music, kiss the pretty girls, and uh, well, with consent. And um, enjoy life, man. That's it. It's 2020 with 20, consent. With consent. Yes. Born in Trouble. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Born free.